0: Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How'd You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Shyla Nieves-Bernie who is a general partner at Z- Zane Venture Fund and also founder and CEO of Zane Access. Hi Shyla! Mm. lovely to meet you.
1: Hi, lovely to meet you as well. I'm really happy to be here.
0: So I guess we can start off with a quick introduction as to who you are, and also a main answer to the question, which is how do you do it, and why should I care?
1: Sure. So I'm Shailene avis Bernie, as you uh, mentioned earlier. I am considered an instigator and a catalyst, meaning that I am all about change and problem solving. And so I've been investing in human capital for uh, twenty plus years, and decided to pivot to investing in company technology companies founded by diverse founders and teams. Um, to solve the problem around um, access to capital for diverse entrepreneurs. And so I think we should care because there has been a huge wealth generation for um, mainly white men um, and that folks of color, people of color, founders of color, uh, diverse entrepreneurs, however you want to slice it, they've been left out of that. And so I think we should care because it equals I mean, it's about equity and, and sort of laying the playing field and opening doors and access to folks who've been traditionally left out of this wealth generation.
0: Mm, that's really important. And it seems like you already have quite a passion for what you do. But I'm curious as to what inspired you to join this industry. Was it a specific point in your life or was it a culmination of experiences? Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. So it was an opportunity um, actually from an entrepreneur who was looking to scale his company and he needed um, someone to help him source investors. And so he uh, I was approached by someone to you know, to be able to, to ask me to help them. And I thought, you know, I had already, I had just become a full-time entrepreneur um, at the time. And so while I had one company, I always wanted to, you know, keep the door open for other opportunities. And so I was like, let me see how I can help this individual. It was a company, a fintech company based in Africa, and they were looking to scale. They were wanted to raise about $2 million. Mm-hmm. And I said, so let me see how I can help them out. And so I did, I, I was able to get them, I spent about seven months Um, You know, sort of coaching them, educating them around access to capital, how they should present themselves as entrepreneurs to potential investors. And so I was able to get them to a five million dollar letter of intent with the possibility of up to one hundred million dollars because the opportunity was huge um, to be able to work with um, a financial, create a financial system in Ghana at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But so once we are in due diligence, the investor decides to drop out of the deal, invest in, and he decides to invest in hotels Mm instead. And that was a problem for me because I had met so many incredible entrepreneurs who I knew had you know, great businesses—they didn't have um, access to networks to be able to talk to specific investors to, you know, pitch their company. Um, and so I decided to launch my own fund. And, I mean, it was sort of like a mix of disappointment and tragedy—tragedy tragedy mm-hmm. happening at the same time because my daughter was also impacted by violence here in the city. Um, where it was, you know, a traditionally what I call venture red line area, no one was making investments in these areas. So communities were sort of, you know, also left out of, you know, opportunities to create jobs and, you know, safe communities. And so it was just a convergence of those two things that led me to enter this to enter this space.
0: Mm, that's a really interesting story. And um, as you mentioned, you went out and you're pretty much a go-getter by starting your own fund. So I'm really curious as to what were the best resources that helped you start your own fund?
1: Sure. It started with um, someone here in the city, um, Sig Mosley, who is a prolific investor. Um, he considered, he is considered to be the father of angel investing here in the Southeast. And so, you know, having someone like that in our city um, come, I, you know, I just simply asked him for coffee. It was just a reach out from from LinkedIn. And he said, yes. And he continued to mentor me and advise me. That was really important to me because he basically was lending his own years of experience um, to me, a newbie. Like I had no background in this particular area. So having someone like that very early on coaching me and guiding me and, you know, just being someone there and, and you know, see, I want to say this, I don't want to downplay his experience whatsoever because he has the largest deal uh, acquisition to date here that's been done in in the Southeast Mm. and $6 billion acquisition. So he gives me, you know, great credibility. So having someone like that at the beginning um, of this work was extremely important.
0: Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Sort of having that mentorship opportunity was definitely probably very helpful. Um, Yeah. And following on from that, um, I'm sure, you know, you learned a lot from this, but what is one lesson that you wish you would have known before starting in your industry?
1: So I, you know, I think and this is something that I want to share with a lot of folks who get into this space. I mean, be be very if you're going to do this work, you know, be very confident moving forward. Mm -hmm. I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time asking people to sort of, you know, you know, know, give their stamp of approval on what I was going to do, because some people can't understand some of the work and they, you know, maybe they tried it and they failed it felt at it. And so they're going to give you sort of their opinion. So, so for me, the lesson was like, don't spend so much time um, asking people for their sort of um, you know, like if I get this person's OK, then I, I I feel like I'm doing the right thing. I should have spent way more time talking to people who were interested in me and what I was doing. And so that that was a huge lesson learned. And so I don't I don't even ask anymore. I know what I'm doing. That's good.
0: That's good. And yeah. um, you can obviously see that as a learning opportunity. But I'm also curious as to other learning opportunities in your life. So what would you say was the biggest failure in your career so far? Like what did you learn from it?
1: You know, I was asking, so I, I, earlier when I read the question, I was asking my husband, you know, really trying to figure out, like, I don't consider anything to be a failure, mm. all a learning experience. Right. And so it may, you know, it may make you read what you're doing. Um, but I don't consider it to be a failure. COVID could have been a failure for a lot of us. We could have used that as an excuse. And I decided to use it to double down on what I was doing because it proved even more that, you know, opportunity, um, while talent is everywhere, opportunity isn't, you know, widely, you know, you know, distributed. And so, um, and so for me, I don't see any of this, anything that I've done as a failure. I just see it as a learning experience. You know, i learned from it. What can I get out of it? I've even had, you know, calls where, you know, even with investors where they didn't go the way that I want it. And to me, it seemed like a failure, but it was also a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I sort of frame that,
0: um, yeah. That's definitely a good way to look at it. And um, yeah, I feel like with failure, you, it's always about sort of the way that you get back up from a failure. And that's, if, if you quit, that is a failure indeed. So I'm glad that you kind of learned an opportunity.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Because I think we're all going to be, um, you know, as we, you know, we get back to whatever this sort of new world is, We're none of us are going to be looking at anything as a failure. If anything, we should look at it as an opportunity to do something different. Right. And that's how I feel coming out of this. I'm glad I stayed the course. I had the data behind me. And so a lot of folks who are building companies or starting or investment firms, you know, as long as you have those sort of things that keep you, you can pivot, right. You can decide to go a different way, but as long as you don't sort of give up, um, you know, I think you just see those bumps in the road as learning experiences versus failures.
0: Definitely, and you've been dropping some really helpful advice throughout this whole conversation. But what is one piece of advice that you would give somebody who's wanting to pursue a career similar to yours?
1: I would say research. I mean, it's so it's extremely important to, you know, I think we 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 read a lot of the headlines and we see a lot of the social media posts and we assume that it's an overnight success and that it just takes you having a, a certain following and that you could be successful. But like, there's a lot of um, misinformation or miscommunication to young folks who are interested in venture. And mm-hmm. I, I have to say research, you know, I had to research even for myself to be able to get into this space. Um, and so, you know, do your research, make sure you understand exactly what you're getting into, find folks in a space who you can connect with, you know, that can mentor you and guide you along the way, but, but just understand that there's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of money, um involved you know you have to personally invest um, a certain amount of money and so understand some of those dynamics when when considering um, becoming a venture capitalist and
0: raising and following on from that actually i feel like uh sort of venture is very hyped up at the moment a lot of people have been hearing about it but what is one common myth about venture that you would like to debunk
1: i think one of the myths i want to debunk is that you know there is this sort of you know, there, there's not enough opportunities um, for me anyway, like diverse entrepreneurs, right? There's a pipeline problem. Um, and so that folks who, who who want to invest in these types of entrepreneurs, you know, we don't have a great deal flow, a great quality deal flow. I heard someone mention on an earlier pipeline, uh, uh, earlier conversation. And that's a myth, you know? We started this fund, we have a great deal flow. We, we, we've, we're highly differentiated. People think that, oh, if you're representing diverse entrepreneurs, clearly you're like the other fund. That's you know that's focused on diverse entrepreneurs and that's a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is that we're not sitting on a sofa like Shark Tank, you know, yeah. looking at talking to invest. That is not what we do all day. We're not so cutthroat. I, I was on a, a pipe. Uh, I don't want to say the name of the organization, but a, a company today um, who pitched to us and I was you know sort of the mentor VC and given the feedback. And so the the, the VC and residents assumed that I was going to be so hardcore, and I was like. That's not what we want to do. We don't want to, like, kill the dreams of entrepreneurs. Yeah. We want to sit here and encourage them. If we don't invest in them, we want to send them to someone else who who may be a potential investor. And, and so, you know, that's a myth as well. Mm. Um, you know, we're very collaborative and personable with the companies. If they are no entrepreneurs, they are no investors. That's mm. just fine.
0: No, thank you for debunking that. I think a lot of people need to hear that because obviously, it is such a hyped up area nowadays. But it's good to hear that you debunk that myth. Um, And then I'm sure you're really busy because you're obviously both a general partner and a founder and CEO. But what have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you?
1: So, I have been the the one thing that i've been, been really focused on is data right could and, Terry and, and, you know I, you know, have to be sort of a geek to want to hear about data all the time, but it for us, it's important to drive our work, so we're looking a lot of at a lot of reports coming out of like McKinsey and you know some of these other big corporates who've decided to address um you know the inequities within venture capital so You know, that's what I'm like at the forefront of me. And and I'm sure that's not like, you know, something that your audience wants to hear about. But I'm also looking at other books more like from a leadership perspective, because now that we just had our first uh, close, I need to be more focused on the team that I'm building around me. And so, you know, Brad Fell has always been someone who I'm highly interested in. So venture deals for anyone who wants to raise capital. But then there's also the business of business business of venture capital that's important. But he also has a book about the community, right? When you you can't just build like we, I can't just build a venture fund, and yes, we have a programming arm. you know we, he talks about like having these different types of capital, right social capital and all of that sort of stuff. So I'm sort of diving into that right now because for us, we're not just trying to make a few investments and go away. We're trying to build you know a community that lasts way past, you know, this is sort of a legacy for me. So really trying to figure out how to work with the community and make sure every part of the capital um, that's needed for an entrepreneur to be successful. We have that um, in, in, in our work here at Zane Venture Fund and Zane Access.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And um, you obviously mentioned the importance of mentorship earlier on in your conversation. But what are, who are three people in your life who have been the most influential to you?
1: So there's definitely Sig Mosley. I mentioned him earlier. He's been highly informi- uh, in- in- inspirational, not inspirational. He's a part of my work. He has been someone that's given me credibility in this space. And, you know, so really appreciate him. Arvin Hamilton is another person, right? She has been someone who took on... Um, sort of this focus on, on underrepresented founders uh like in 2014 and right now has the most uh investments into underrepresented companies. And so and then in terms of the other other person right now that inspires me it's really like my family really my husband who who has been by my side the entire time and I know that's not like a um sort of you know professional answer but it's for me it's you know in, in doing this sort of work you need a foundation you know whether it's your family or an, or an individual or someone that's helped supporting you and so my family has been very instrumental in supporting this work for me so for me it's it's all of them but starting with my husband who has been like my my first investor and c- continues to be my investor um, all of all this work
0: how lovely and then finally to sort of round up our conversation what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life
1: um uh, you know I think when I was younger, I always had these dreams. I didn't know that it would be such a, like a, a curvy path to get here. This was not a straight, like I went to wall street, you know, I worked in investment banking and then I pivoted to private equity and a hedge fund. That's not my path. I wish I would have just given myself, um, allowed myself to, and I, I think I did to, to some degree, but I think just allowing yourself to sometimes the path may not be straight, but but take those offshoot opportunities that come your way. So I had opportunities given to me at different startups, uh, a health, health tech startup that was in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, a charter school startup that was here in Atlanta. And all of those prepared me for sort of like working for, with companies who have to deal with small budgets and that sort of stuff. And so, you know, now you can relate to an entrepreneur who's trying to deal with a, a small runway, but needs to be able to, you know, they want to keep their staff. And so- it's just, so the, so for me, it's like understanding that, yes, embrace, you know, the journey. Mm, the winding roads, just embrace it.
0: Awesome. Well, that's a lovely message and a lovely message to end on. So thank you again, once again, Shaila, for taking the time to speak with me today. It was lovely to hear your story and to engage in a great conversation with you.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.